Okay, so this is part three in a wee mini-series. We have done preaching the gospel to Protestants, preaching the gospel to Catholics, mm -hmm. uh, and I want to talk a little bit with my favourite Lorne in the whole world. <laughs> Apart, like That's impressive, because Lorne sausage is great, <laughs> but you're even better than that. So <laughs> I want to talk to Lorne about preaching the gospel to internationals. Mm -hmm. So one of the things, particularly in the West of Scotland, but actually throughout Scotland, our scheme communities, I mean, when I first was in Berlanic, 15 years ago was predominantly white working class. Mm -hmm. Today there's a bunch of internationals about um, for, for numerous different reasons um, mm -hmm. and Lauren has over many years had a heart for reaching people mm -hmm. with internationals and been involved in, in kind of that in different ways. So Lauren tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, maybe how you got involved with 20 Schemes and then we'll chat a little bit about the international side of it. Okay um, so I'm a women's worker with 20 Schemes. I'm also the wife of the planter Tommy. <laughs> the uh, planter Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> and we are working in Mary Hill just now. And uh, But my work with internationals probably, well, that started off when I worked in the NHS. Mm -hmm. So we're going back probably like, I don't know, six years ago now. And that was because I worked as a stop smoking advisor. Mm -hmm. And um, we found that in areas like maybe Govan Hill or Springburn, areas of deprivation, that's where a lot of asylum seekers and refugees were getting housed. So um, my supervisor at the time, we knew that we had to reach the smokers in this area that were from a different culture. So back then, um, I was sort of sent on courses about how to uh, engage for the health benefits, uh, people from different cultures, um, how to communicate with them and um, how to work with interpreters. So that was all run by the Scottish Refugee Council. That was all like a secular thing, right? You were working yeah, for the NHS. Yeah, um, yeah. You were part of a different church at that point, Tommy. Yeah. We used to be a youth worker, was in the polis for a bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you kind of heard about 20 Schemes. Was that some video you saw that like about our church plant or something? Yeah, it was back when you were getting an interview on uh, Revival FM. What? <laughs> you were the one person that listened to that, yeah? Still listened to it, Old Faithful. Yeah, so we heard that interview like... Well, I heard that interview like, I don't know what, that must have been about seven or eight years oh, ago, yeah, was definitely. it? Um, and then that was about this, that was about actually the same kind of time where I was in a church in Govan Hill and you notice all the issues. You're working for a secular community, but you actually realise that they don't just need a nicotine patch, they need the gospel. Mm. So the Lord was working in my heart at that point to say, no, you need to do ministry in this type of area. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I went to Bible college and at the same time get involved with, with 20 Schemes with your prayer meeting for a church plan. Yeah, yeah. And then you were one of our first members yeah. of the launch team as yep. well. And through that, then traded Nidri for a bit over, well, Bingham, I guess. Bingham, yeah. Um, and then I've been over in Mary Hill the last couple of years mm -hmm. as well. So have you therefore seen over that time, so from maybe six years ago, working the NHS, seeing need, knowing they need the gospel, but not yeah. really being able to share it. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure yeah. knowing you, you probably did by the back door. <laughs> um, how has that changed? Did you actually be able to work for the national community, but actually sharing the gospel? Um, well, I think, you know, back then, that, that's right. People were coming to you with their different health problems. And, you know, you felt like, okay, I can maybe help them with that, but it actually doesn't change, mm -hmm. like, what's going to happen with their life long term. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's when I realised I had to, I, I wanted to go into ministry and now it's not like that, it's like all the health things become secondary mm -hmm. and then when you're walking around the likes of Mary Hill you're just seeing how much, you see the need mm -hmm. and you see these, well I think a lot of them are poor souls that have come mm -hmm. from different countries and um, 
lot of them ladies with hijabs on and you just really feel for them but you know that what they need is um, the gospel long term you know. So let's think of some different maybe types of kind of international people that might come and end up yeah. in a scheme. Like where what are some of the stories you've heard over the years, maybe different yeah, like different backgrounds, how they've ended up in yeah. one of our communities? Um I, I think originally what we well when I first started off um sort of working with internationals and it was in Govan Hill, that was already a well known Pakistani mm-hmm. community. And then you had a big influx of Eastern Europeans, so that kind of changed, and it was um, Polish and Romanian, mm-hmm. Czechoslovakian, um, and I think you know that you know that was a world in its own. And then you think, oh, is that all that's going on? And then that you know that was my experience of Govan Hill. And then you assume that all schemes will be the same or mm-hmm. similar, but since since we've come to Mary Hill, you know, skipping out Berlin or can Bingham, mm-hmm. since you come to Mary Hill that has like expanded like tenfold and people are getting you know brought here from different african countries um there's now like there's people that we're now meeting from el salvador and i didn't mm-hmm. know that, that el salvador was a, a country that had such problems i just um, know it from that athlete song going to el salvador no yeah, I never knew that was Alanis, was it? Yeah, well, it's a, oh, athlete, Is it I not think. Beck? No. Oh, maybe it's oh, Beck. <laughs> You're older than me, that's your age. <laughs> um, yeah, so certainly we're seeing people from a lot more different cultures. Um, and you just don't realise that, that, is, that all these countries have problems mm. as well. You know, it's not just people that are here looking for a better education. Um, they are escaping... Um, dictatorship and um, cartels and that kind of thing as Definitely. well. And, there's, and it surprises me still just the, the wide range of people, isn't it? Because you've got some that are coming, you know, just wanting to earn more money for their yeah. family. So we've got like people who have been part of our church over the years that are just working so hard, yeah. raising their family and sending money back to yeah. places where they can't earn as much money. Yeah. And you've got people that are coming over in asylum, that yeah. are fleeing stuff. Like we had a guy um, who got saved had to flee Iraq because it ended up here um, and then again you've got everything in between um, mm-hmm. like kind of trafficked yeah. or and so just when we're talking about reaching internationals it's yeah. not a one size fits all right we, we've got people no. that uh, one of girl we know well in the scheme married a Glasgow lad she's from Poland and she's mm-hmm. great because she's mm-hmm. like sounds like a Glaswegian but she's like um, and so there's just it's not a one size fit all yeah um, but I do think like the one thing that maybe is similar is that traditionally, because the schemes were like working class communities, very tight knit, we've been quite suspicious of people yeah. coming from the outside. Like, have you seen some of that? Is there, is there yeah, been... and I think that's why, like, I feel that we've got to go the extra mile with mm-hmm. people. Um, you know, yes, we know that we want to share the gospel with everybody. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what your nationality is, what your skin colour is, but these people are coming over here. Um, like what I noticed, uh, particularly in Govan Hill, it's like the first words they have to learn is sorry and mm-hmm. please. And that's really sad, I think, because mm-hmm. they're expecting harshness and mm-hmm. they have to know how to react to that. Um, so, what was the question? Because yeah, <laughs> I, I, I do think the schemes can be quite closed. Yeah, outside, yeah, but I do think yeah. some of that... I mean, the government needs to take a lot of blame for that as well because a lot in the yeah. scheme, scheme communities already feel hard done by. Yeah. Um, are struggling for housing, are struggling for, and then the net because that's what the social housing is. Then it yeah. seems like the government are just like, well, we'll just dump everybody there. Yeah. And it, it is in many ways created like a bit yeah. of a 
like a ready-made problem. Like we know, remember people lived near us in yeah. Berlanert, yeah. that faced abuse. That like that I would always have thought yeah. people in Scotland are not really racist, and yet there's stuff that happens because I think they just yeah. get flung in together. Yeah, that that's is just right. yeah. um, brutal. And so again, if we're Christians and if we're in this community, like it could be maybe easy to think, no, I'm here for the working class Scottish people of this community. Mm-hmm. But actually, I think the Lord's put us in a community to reach whoever he's put in that community. Like That's uh-huh. like Paul and Acts, isn't it? Like, yeah. You're where you are, the people around you are where they are, yeah. so you can um, live that out. And so I think the church has got a really important role to play yeah. to, to take down any barriers exactly, that do exist yeah. and to preach the gospel yeah. to all of that. I think, yeah, and that that's what we've really got to try and model um, because these people are going through such heartache and I think it's up to us as well to try and explain you know they're here for a reason who would choose to come and live in a scheme in Scotland if you know if you didn't have to you know what is it they are fleeing from why is their face so sad Mm -hmm. Um, and there's even people in the church that I think can be judgmental and critical about that like I've heard somebody say oh I've tried with that woman she's really dour faced but actually is that about you (laughs) Do you think people know what that means, dear face? <laughs> like just like you know, well, like they call sad. it rest. No, probably shouldn't call it. <laughs> <laughs> just like really sad face, but there's a reason behind it. But if people in the church don't get alongside these people and befriend them and show them the love of Jesus, then they're not going to be able to strip back those layers to find out what is going on in their yeah. lives, what is their heart, why they get a sad face, mm-hmm. you know. And then when you do hear these stories then, you know, you can find out things that, and even if they're not asylum seekers, it could be, as you say about the money situation, they're separate from their husband because they can't afford uh, to live together. Um, he's trying to earn money here. She's there, but she's also at the same time got the three kids mm-hmm. and she's got no friends. Well, it's no wonder she's sad. She's not with her husband mm-hmm. and, you know. So how then over the years have maybe either you personally or seen others try and reach people from international background yeah. uh, make those connections and all the way share the gospel how what it's, it's some different ways maybe you've seen that happen well on a personal level and i know that this is not everybody's cup of tea but i think because i do feel like i've had a wee bit of an insight into what people are fleeing from from through my training with the refugee council mm-hmm. um like i will particularly just go up to somebody and start you know start speaking to them so if it's a lady that's maybe carrying some shopping bags, mm. you know, make a comment about that. Like, do you want me to help you? Um, and then, again, this might be a bit really weirdo, but I'll just say, you know, like, here's my phone number. I just live around the corner. I work for the church. I think that it's good. But I'm lucky because I can say that I work mm. for the church because that kind of, you mm. know, it takes away maybe any suspicion. Um, like, you couldn't just go and give somebody your phone number, but... Um, that Lindsay I, certainly would not be happy <laughs> but I would do that you know but, and that has worked mm-hmm. um, and as a result of that the lady and her family will come to church mm-hmm. and come in my house and that kind of thing mm-hmm. as well um, so that that would be sort of on a one to one level I've got no problem with doing that but a thing that we've done in a church level um, that we've done recently was we hosted an internationals week mm-hmm. So like I was saying earlier, we've got so many different nationalities in Maryhill. And so the way we done this was to have uh, dessert nights. But what we done was we allocated a sort of country for each night of the week. Um, So we had like um, Spanish night, because we had Spanish people in our church. Um, And then we've got Portuguese in our church. 
Um, we've got the f- couple of well families from El Salvador, um, then Korea, and uh, we had a Nigerian night because we got a lot of Nigerians in our area. Um, this is great, and you ate, so you ate food from each of these countries. I think I put on two stone in that week. Awesome. <laughs> I had an American night as well, yeah. so that was the most popular night, of course. <laughs> Um, so that was a way for us to reach out and we done a leaflet drop running up to that so I think another way is if you can find something that about their find out something about their culture that you can use to connect mm-hmm. like what we would do just you know with other white people if it's mm-hmm. like if it's football or you know music or whatever so um, I found out about a Nigerian dessert called Puff Puff and I used there's a lot of Puff Puff about the schemes as well yeah. <laughs> Don't make the mistake I did and said you want to come for some poof poof. (laughs) (laughs) I had to make sure I was getting that right. So anyway, so I was got up with the leaflets, the flyers about what we're doing and then actually see, oh, you know, what country you're from? Oh, we're Mm -hmm. going to have like puff puff that night. So, uh, and people came to the church off the back of that. Um, Yeah, and that that was really awesome. And then we just made sure that we had literature and it's then cause friendships and um, you know we recognise people in the community and they come well they have come to church off the back of that as well so and you've done stuff before really the training for the language class yeah, stuff like yeah, what, was, what was that yeah. about so uh, this is going back a, a good few years when I was in Berlanark and um, it was a really helpful course I think it's still on the go um, it's something like um, how to teach the bible um, how to teach English through the bible um, and so what they would do is um, you could basically, like, like say you took, like, if it was, um, first of all, people that have moved to our country are really keen to learn English. Mm. And the ESOL classes are very often full. Mm. Um, but churches can think about running these types of classes. So if, if um, people that have come here, immigrants, can see an opportunity to get in to learn English, they'll take it. And it doesn't matter if it's a Bible. Mm-hmm. So you could use things like, um, maybe not the Bible directly, but like say it was um, a, a painting of, like a religious painting mm. of like, I don't know, Jesus, like, you know, like um, Salvador Dali's painting or something mm. like that. Okay, you're not going to maybe use that in the scheme, but mm. it's going to speak yeah. to somebody. Mm. So um, you could use the painting, but then you're going to use the painting to then talk about the gospel. Mm. Um or you could do it like, oh, we're going to have something at Easter. Let me tell you about how uh, the uh, culture in Scotland celebrate mm-hmm. Easter. And mm-hmm. then you can talk about hot cross buns and then the gospel. And they want to know about that because they want to know about the, cu- the culture yeah, yeah. and they want to fit in. And I remember one time I was doing that course and I'd also gone to Harper mm-hmm. Church, who have got an excellent outreach um, for their internationals. Um so I'd gone down there and um, it was Maureen and Agnes that were running the, the class. So what they'd done that day was, I was still at Bible college at the time, so they had a really busy class learning English, but they said, okay, today we've got a helper and it's Lauren. We're going to sit Lauren down, but you have to practice your English by asking her questions. So naturally, because I was a Bible student, so the, the things are like, what do you work as? Yeah. I don't work, I'm a student. What are you studying? Mm-hmm. So I was seeing the Bible. So then, um, do you enjoy that? So that let me mm. use that opportunity to start talking about the gospel. And then, just as it happens, you know, Maureen had a pile of Mark Gospels sitting. Mm. 
and Maureen said, well, would you all like to just look at what Lauren's talking about? And this is a class with Muslims, um, Muslims from all different cultures um, and different countries. And we all just sat and opened, you know, the, the mm-hmm. Gospel of Mark and they went, I'll be home with it. Mm-hmm. And that's just with them interviewing me, you yeah. know, practising English. I know, I think Harper did a great job of that. And it's mm-hmm. like, sometimes, again, we can overcomplicate a lot of this stuff. And we said the same about kind of Protestant Catholic thing. Like, it can be easy to be like, oh, it's so hard. What does this specific thing I need to do? But it's about meeting people, yeah. talking with people yeah. and praying for opportunities to share Jesus, isn't yeah. it? And what you find in the international community is actually people are wanting relationship. Yeah. Like a lot of the kind of more white, like working class in Scotland, maybe they've got their family, their community. Yeah. Like when we're trying to talk to them, we just seem like a bunch of weirdos. They don't mm-hmm. want anything to do with us. But the international community are here and they need that relationship. Uh-huh. They need that connection. Um, and so are more open and yeah. willing to talk. And therefore, are more willing to talk about the gospel. Yeah, is... yeah. And I think, um, I think that is something though that we need to make sure that the churches that we're in are not just aware about it, but they were a- that we're actually explaining. No, you need to go the extra mile with them, mm-hmm. because what you can find is that, um, especially if you've maybe got an older generation where there is that barrier, like, oh, we don't know how to to speak to new mm-hmm. people, or we don't know how to speak to people from different cultures or a different language and then we want these people to feel welcome in our churches mm. and integrated um, but we need to really teach them look this is you need to get up alongside these people after mm. church having a cup of tea and talk to them and just try and imagine if that was you in that position yeah. um, and it's not somebody else's job to do it it's your mm. job to do it well let's chat about challenges then okay because yeah. like i think many people would feel intimidated, um, as you say, in our our churches by this. So what are some of the challenges maybe you find working with kind of internationals and maybe from their side or from your side or how that's kind of played out? Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I think, yeah, I think there is just that general, like the barrier of you're different to me, therefore I'm not going to be able to interact with you. Mm -hmm. And you really just need to strip that back. Mm -hmm. And just think, well, how does Jesus see these people? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, just you know, a smile goes a long way, and that can just open open mm-hmm. up so much. Um, so that is a barrier, um, a challenge, is um, to try and get people to overcome that. And I think the only way they can do that is um, by learning from us, living it out, live, you know, going watch our example. Because um, like. It's the same thing, isn't it? And again, much of ministry is uncomfortable. Yeah. Like I think, yeah. um, was it called Adam's tweeted out a few years ago, mm-hmm. ministry is just one awkward conversation after another. Mm-hmm. And we don't really like awkward conversations. We don't like feeling uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. That's why we like like hanging about with people like yeah. us. And, yeah. um, and yeah. we just have to be aware that it might be uncomfortable. Yeah. Like there's going to be language barriers. Yeah, yeah. Like you're going to have to repeat yourself. Yep. It's like, and I'm sure you've had yeah. that as well. Like there's still like members of our church, we struggle to yeah. communicate with each other and it'd be really easy to be like, oh, it's just not worth the hassle. Yeah, I but mean, that is, is exhausting. Yeah. It is exhausting to do that, but um, yeah, but I think you've just got to persevere and I think you have to be honest in it. Just tell them, look, I'm sorry, I'm struggling to understand what you're saying or could you repeat that? And you can make light of it, just have a joke mm. or, you know, the accent. And another thing is, I think we should be more aware of, says I, that's speaking 10 to the dozen right now, <laughs> um, but we need to be aware of how fast we speak yeah. because and and slow it down for people because, um, yeah, that's going to be part of them feeling that they're accepted and being part of things and yeah. you know, that kind of And thing. it definitely is, particularly us, they're coming into our 
culture, lots of fear, not used to anything. Yeah. Like, and if we're Christians trying to reach them, I think we need to be very adaptable mm-hmm. and very patient and very willing yep. to, yeah. like, they're they're not going to get it. it. Therefore, we need to make the extra go the extra mile. As yeah. You kind of yeah. Said as well. What about? I was thinking about some of the challenges of the smorgasbord of different religious beliefs people might come from. Mm-hmm. So we've had a lot of people that mm-hmm. would turn up in communities and would be Christian yep. and would come along to our church, but their understanding of Christian would be maybe very different than our understanding. Yeah, yeah. Like, have you had an experience of that? Like, how does that yeah. play out? I think, well, I've definitely found with a lot of Nigerian mm-hmm. families that the prosperity gospel has been a thing. Mm-hmm they won't recognise it as that. Um, so I think, you know, you, you sort of, you know, sometimes when you're having these conversations, um, like a lady in Berlanark that, that I was close friends with, um, you know, you're trying to sort of ascertain, you know, are we singing off the same sheet here? Mm-hmm. Um, and you're trying to say, okay, like a checklist, so do you believe Jesus died for your sins? Mm-hmm. Check. Um, and then you get get so far, and I think they probably they do believe the same kind of fundamentals. But then when you, you have to start watching for all the add-ons yeah. that come with that, um, and I think I think that's something I suppose that you know I found that you know quite a lot with different cultures, um, yeah, that there could be distortion. In fact, you know. Um, uh, my friend Carol was tell, telling me about you know a really nice taxi driver. He's very friendly that uh, she's been talking to lately. But he's from a different country, though. Mm-hmm. He's from a different country, and he's telling her I'm a Christian. Mm-hmm. Everything sounds the same, mm-hmm. except Carol said, "Yeah, but he insists on um, uh, worshiping on a Saturday." So I'm like, mm, "I think he might be a Seventh Day Adventist." Mm-hmm. So, you know, we we do just really have to make sure that we're whittling down. Um, the truth of the gospel, the truth of the Bible. Um, and I guess that's something that we found, you know, in our revitalization work is that we have to make sure that we are um, 100%, you know, um, according to the scriptures because we can't have people coming in with all different beliefs and then it's just a free for all. Yeah. You know, we all have to be clear on what the Bible says about. You know, different. And yeah, again, that's not dissimilar to how we reach anybody in yep, the scheme, isn't it? Yep, because we're yep. always wondering when you say you're a Christian. Again, yeah. Protestant Catholic chat was the same. What do you mean by that? Yeah. Um, and it's been able to try and you know find those points of like, okay, do you believe that? Like, Jesus is the only saviour. Like, to yeah, be a Christian yeah. is this, and um, and people are willing to talk about it. But I do think sometimes it takes a wee bit of patience yeah. to kind of work through. And again, maybe the temptation is, oh, just go to a church that believes that. But actually. Yeah. There's a great opportunity there, isn't there? Yeah, to like, yeah. if these people are here in our community, if we can, you know, teach the Bible in a yeah. faithful way, there's a real chance to disciple and the influence there for someone yeah. might have, um, who comes to know, you know, good mm-hmm. solid theology in a new and fresh way. Mm-hmm. They could spread that far and wide through the influence of a little church yeah, yeah. as well. So I think, um, I'm encouraged. You guys are like that. That you see the opportunities mm-hmm. and see the need. And don't retreat from that. Yeah. Like, I, I, again, I hope you learn your, your just go make a fool of yourself and just go and do <laughs> it. Like, you know, like that's, yeah, um, but just with you saying that as well, just uh, that's another reason why um, I think we need to make sure that the people in church um, know exactly what they're going to say when mm. it comes to, you know, what if you do get into a gospel conversation? Mm. Because quite often when we have got somebody coming from um, a different culture or nationality, um, than ours, 
they try and find a commonality. Mm-hmm. So they're going to try and like, so if a Muslim's like something about Jesus, we'll just say, oh yeah, that is great. We believe in Jesus too. No, mm-hmm. you know, so we have to make sure that while we're trying to encourage our, our members of the church to talk to people and while we're trying to encourage them to remove barriers, we also have to make sure that they don't just, you know, go with the flow for the mm-hmm. sake of getting, you know, somebody in. Especially when people are desperate for relationships. Yeah. Like, yeah. I guess it'd be easy for them just to say and kind of go along with whatever. And that's why we need to make sure that the gospel is pointed. Like, mm-hmm. the gospel does divide, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and Yeah, like, and training yeah. people and that is great. Yeah. Like, finally then, as we think about, you know, planting churches and schemes, like, is there anything you think as a church as a whole we could do to be better at integrating these different cultures into one? Like, how, like, what's your dream of, like, this is what I want a church and a scheme community with the, all these different people to be like? Mm-hmm. I suppose there's a couple of different things. I mean, I guess you know, you know, if if we do have new converts from different cultures, like, um, I think we want to make sure that we recognise them in their own right and that they can be used in the church as mm-hmm. well. I think sometimes, and I feel sick saying it, but. Uh, there might still be like an element of racism in the church because they think we'll give the church jobs and the church roles to the white people mm-hmm. um, and yet there's so many you know gifted um, people you know and faithful Christians that could be given roles and could be really used to mm-hmm. then reach other people of that nationality mm-hmm. um, so that's something that I would want to see you know in churches is that people from different cultures are getting used because our schemes do not look the same anymore right. our churches don't look the same anymore and it is what it is and um, that's why we always we, our aim through 20 schemes has always been to reach the people of the schemes and yeah. then train them and use them yeah. for ministry and it's just so happened that god's been like over those this 10 years you will actually that maybe looks a bit differently than you thought yeah, but yeah. our aim is still isn't yeah. it to find whoever god has placed in these communities and to raise them and train them up, particularly the ones mm-hmm. that might be marginalised by the rest of mainstream mm-hmm. society. I wouldn't be yeah. raised up to serve in the same way. So yeah, so yeah I'd love to see that. And I think on a practical level, is just try and think about, um, you know, what, you know what, what Bibles are we using in the church? Are they going to be easy for people to understand? Um, so for example, we do a, a community Bible study on a Friday but we would maybe have like Nigerians and the family from El Salvador there. But that's not going to be helpful for them if somebody's reading out the NAS and somebody's reading out of a CSB and somebody's reading out the King James. So just, you know, practical things like make sure there's enough of the ESV for mm-hmm. everybody. Um, or if you do want to do a leaflet drop, why not just put one word from their language and then they know that the mm-hmm. welcome is for them yeah, as well. You know, draw a map of where your church is. You know, just mm. just basic things, and just try and think beyond. You know, what helps them to understand about you know where we are, so that they can come and hear the gospel. Yeah, because again, our prayer is that we see in Ephesians, don't we? That one body of Christ. Mm-hmm. There's no longer Jew or Greek. There's no longer mm-hmm. slave or free. Mm-hmm. The Lord is going to save people from these communities, mm-hmm. and we want them to be one church in these communities they're going to take the gospel out to the lost of our communities and yeah. I'm really encouraged you've kind of given your life to that yeah. your encouragement to us and who knew this is helpful <laughs> I don't know. Um, but cool Lauren yeah. thank you thank you good. okay